Hello, world culture enthusiasts. We are back with another episode of Crossing Cultures, a podcast where guests from all, the, all over the world talk about subtle, surprising, intriguing, and bizarre cultural differences in everyday life. My name is Asaf, and today, Mazel Tov, we're talking about weddings, so put on your best attire, and let's talk about tying the knot with guests from India, Hungary, China, and the U.S. and Austria. I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. We'll start with... Jesse. Where are you from? New York. New York. And are you single, married? I'm single. Have you, when is the last wedding you've been to? Oh, I was at a wedding last week on Wednesday. By the way, uh, those of you who remember our special uh, English-speaking countries episode, Jesse, you sang at Rebecca's wedding. I did. So Rebecca represented New York ah. at that episode, I think. It was episode number three. So we're... We Represent. A, yeah, absolutely. Anna? Hi, my name is Anna, and uh, I'm from Hungary. Originally, Siófok, if somebody can pronounce this, but Budapest is easier. Okay, and uh, married? With the same man, three times. The same <laughs> Okay, we'll talk about that. And Hi, I'm Tanya. I am uh, from Austria, Vienna. I'm living there the last uh, 10 years, and I'm here in um, Tel Aviv since a week. Um, I'm single. And when it, where was the last wedding you've been to? Um, I think last year in uh, Bali. In Bali? Yes. Wow. Wow, this, this should have been interesting. All right. Hi, I'm uh, Kartik. I'm from uh, India. I've been in Israel for five years now. And yes, I am single too. And when was the last wedding you've attended? Ah, the last wedding I attended was probably in May here in Israel. Here in Israel? Yeah, it's my second uh, wedding that I attended in Israel. All right. And you've attended weddings in, in India? Yes. Sometimes by choice. Sometimes by choice. All right. <laughs> Last but not least. Hi, um, I'm Shasha. I'm from China. And uh, to answer your question, I'm single and I have been to many weddings. Chinese weddings, uh, European weddings, also Israeli weddings. All right. Before we talk about the ceremony itself, let's talk about who, who generally proposes in your culture? Men. Men. <laughs> men? You would say the same? 100% of the time? Well, right now it's men, but maybe back to 30 or 40 years ago, my parents' generation, the parents. The parents? Yeah. Okay. And what, how does, I mean, in Israel, there's like a mini ceremony surrounding that. Usually they, everybody does the same thing. They go to some place and they put some candles and flowers on the floor and they upload it to a, 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 a Facebook album, usually with the same name. Usually it's something kind of um, sophisticated, quasi-sophisticated. But how is it? I mean, I think in the US, it's, it's sometimes it's, it's a whole production. Oh, yeah. Give it's us an example. It's in, I think it's the, in how the... Um, was like a typical wedding proposal. proposal. Yeah. Oh, the typical I mean, wedding proposal, at least in New York and in the Jewish community, because you have to have two witnesses. So you usually have like 20 witnesses and like their families like hiding behind a bush somewhere watching and the mom's like trying to like keep her tears in crying and like trying to be quiet. And um, 
And it's some big thing with some giant diamond, and then everyone comes out and they're like, surprise, yes, thank God you said yes, because otherwise this would have been terrible. And then it, it turns into like a party later that evening because they had already kind of banked on the girl saying yes, so then they go straight to the engagement party that evening. Well, I'm sure that leads to some embarrassing situations every once in a while. I think so, yeah. I, I've, like I've seen some YouTube videos where people propose like in Madison Square Garden in the middle of a... NBA game or something like that, and then sometimes the girl says no, and then there's 10,000 people uh, looking and... Uh, I wonder how it gets to a point where a guy feels confident enough to propose and the girl's not on the same page. Isn't that something you talk about for a really long time before it actually happens? I, yeah, that's, that's a mystery. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> how about uh, marriage proposals in, in the Ukraine... Um, sorry, in Hungary and... Close in enough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I think uh, at least what I see on Facebook uh, from the friends who share, I, I can't really imagine how they do it because it's not a common there, not a common thing there that all the family is there. So it's usually just two people, but they post pictures when the guy is on the knees and uh, offering the ring. So I guess they replay it. Oh, they re <laughs> recreate. Yes. Or they use the timer, maybe. Maybe. The, the maybe. timer on the phone. But uh, our proposal, like when my husband proposed, it was very nice. Uh, he knows that I love the desert. So he took me for a weekend in the desert, and he took me to the grave of Ben Gurion. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not in Hungary. <laughs> no, because it's a beautiful spot. It's really amazing in the middle of the desert. So, because it was a beautiful viewpoint, well, and, and it has a personal connection with you. <laughs> yeah, so he proposed there, and there was a group of soldiers, and uh, he asked them to make a video. Uh. So I didn't know. I had some clues, but I didn't know. So he gave the phone to the soldiers, and uh, he didn't make picture. He made video, and I was super embarrassed after the whole <laughs> recording. All right. How do people propose in, in India? Is it? Uh, it's complicated. Let's start with uh, saying that whatever I say will not be true already a month from now, just because things are changing at such rapid speed. Um, so as uh, as Shasha said, uh, it it was like the parents proposing to each other, say, 25, 30, 40 years ago. And now it's rapidly changing, uh, I would say in the last 20 years or 15 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, but still, there's still the notion of proposal is still not there because uh, once you're in a relationship, it's sort of assumed that you'll end up getting married. Mm -hmm. And the parents sort of, there is still the parental pressure of once you're in a relationship, when you get married. So the proposal is still a four-way thing or a six-way thing because you have two parents on each side. Uh -huh. But is there like but a ceremony? Do they get together and then, and then uh, ask the question, pop the question as they say? So as far as I know from the last couple of years, the proposal happens a day before the wedding, maybe. Just wow. because now they want to mimic the Western uh, thing of concept of proposal. Oh. Wow. So uh, they plan the wedding and then they have like yeah, let's just a have symbolic this. proposal? Yeah, let's just have this just because, you know, we have our thing. Let's have something more on top of it. Cute. Interesting. We think it's also the part of the Jewish wedding, the proposal. I actually don't know that. <laughs> no, the, in the religious uh, side, it's supposed to be. Oh, yeah. You have Erosim. Erosim. Yeah. You yeah. have, it's a Jewish concept. Yeah, you have like a, an engagement. But so how soon after 
a couple gets engaged, do they usually get married? Sometimes it's very fast, within a month or two, and sometimes it could take almost a year, maybe more. Maybe in the U.S. it takes a little bit more, usually. So there's like a thing in the U.S. where usually the engagements last, I'd say, between like five months to a year. And I think that the people, I think you could pull it off in a lot less time. Like I know people that got married within three months of getting engaged. But the problem is that in the States, they call it a shotgun wedding. Or like if you get married too soon after you get engaged, people are suspecting like, oh, she's already pregnant. She wants uh-huh. to like not look pregnant in the dress. So that's like a big thing. And people just, I guess, feel like they sh- they're supposed to take their time, plan the wedding, be engaged for a year. So people are, to make people sure that you're not getting married out of haste and that you're, yeah. you're, you actually thought this through, you had a, like a gestation period of engagement and then... Uh, I have friends that were engaged for two years before they got married. I was like, that's a really long time. That's like just staying in your relationship for another two. But then again, what is all of this anyway? We're just people. Uh, right, right. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, if it's, uh, it's all ceremonies and it's all tradition, so it yes. differs from place to place. How about China? Um, actually, in China, like the engage, it's not really like a serious thing. I think it's just get popular recently uh-huh. um, by learn from the other countries. It's more popular among like young generation. So my parents' generation, they don't really have this kind of thing. It's just the parents, they will meet each other and they would discuss, okay, let's pick a day. Maybe this date is a good day to get married and let's uh, discuss about like where to have the wedding ceremony and whom we should invite and how much we should, uh, you know, invest in the wedding, this and that. So they decided, that's it. Um, but engage is more like a romantic thing right now in China. Like they will propose, a guy will propose to a girl and you know, give the ring, do something. But it's not that serious or crazy as in U.S. Yeah. It's quite different. Is, is yeah. the, the ring exchange a part of traditional Chinese culture or is it something relatively new? It, actually, it's quite new, to be honest. I, like diamond, it's, uh, I think back to 30 years ago, it's not that popular. Like so like people who are above a certain age, let's say 40 or 50 in China, mm-hmm. that are married, they don't go, with, they don't go around with uh, wedding rings? As far as I know, not really. All right. Yeah. And, wow. and in India? Then it's hard to see who's married. Uh, <laughs> India is predominantly Hindu, and we don't have wedding rings. Uh, we just have the, I think the wife wears a chain, and uh, it's like supposed to sort of uh, say symbolic of protecting. Mm-hmm. Is there is there sp- something specific? Uh, yeah, there is a specific kind of a chain that comes with it. What is it called? Uh, depends on language to language. Ah, uh, okay. Where does where is the chain worn? <laughs> uh, around the neck, like it's like, like a, a necklace. necklace. Uh. It's a necklace. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> you think like ball and chain? I was like ball and chain. Ah, no, <laughs> not, not the leash. <laughs> I, <know>. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking something else completely. I'm so sorry. But in but in I mean in English there's uh, uh, ball and chain is is kind of a euphemism yeah. for marriage or the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Being being stuck <laughs> in that jail. Yeah. <laughs> So wh- what time do weddings usually take place? You know, I mean, you know, in Israel, we basically have two types of weddings. We have weddings that take place late at night. They start around the ceremonies, let's say, around 8 or 9, usually on a Thursday or a Tuesday, if they, depending on how rich the couple is, if they can get a, a good place on a Tuesday or a Thursday. And then some, some weddings take place on a Friday afternoon. Or like it starts early, around 11, 12, then it goes on until sunset and I've, I've never seen 
a, U a wedding in the U.S. that's like on a weekend day or either, or maybe it's like a destination wedding or I think the times are very different. I'm trying to think of the weddings. All of the weddings that I've been to in the U.S. have been nighttime weddings. But I feel like it's a really, I feel like it has to be a thing because you see them all the time in movies where they have like sunset yeah. ceremonies and it's during the day. So I have to believe that it exists somewhere in America that's not where I've been. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. What about you guys? So we have it always on Saturdays. I think uh, like every every uh, wedding I attended started like at 2 p.m. And you go to the church, you have this official thing, and then there's like the ceremony after. So you just drink and eat until you drink and eat again. And in between you just have some vows and stuff, uh -huh. and then you dance. And then you have the cake in between. And how long does it usually take? Like from 2 to 2-ish. So wow. Yeah. So, wow, like a 12-hour weddings. Yeah, I thought that's normal, and I was always like, oh my wow. god, why are you doing that to yourself, right? Yeah. And the, the bride still needs to get up at 4 a.m. to get ready with makeup and stuff. It's like, oh I my mean. <laughs> that's intense. Yeah, very. Kautik, how, how long does an uh, Indian wedding take? So Indian weddings go from long, like in some places, to longer in other places. <laughs> uh, I think between three and five days, maybe a week sometimes. What, what? Between, <laughs> between three to five days is the norm. Sometimes it goes to a week. The whole wedding? The whole wedding. Do people get to, do they get to take naps? <laughs> on some days. Do you have, but do you, do you have to take the, like a week off? Or like the closest only come people in for related to the couple do take a week off. And what do you do for five days? Like what's, is it uh, just partying all night or? No, the concept of partying is like, uh, again, India is so big. Anything I say will be mostly wrong. <laughs> uh, and it's very heterogeneous. Yeah. And only recently is it now sort of becoming more homogeneous and you're, I can say something without contradicting everywhere. Of course. And so and I can speak about where I am from, which is Bangalore in the South. In the South, we didn't have the notion of partying until like 10 years ago or 15 years ago. So there would be a lot of religious uh, ceremonies that would take place. Mm -hmm. So the first couple of days would be you pray to the gods so that everything goes well during the actual wedding. And the people who pray with you are basically you and your kith and kin and like maybe one. So we have something called as a circle of relatives, which is like direct relative, blood relatives. All of those are supposed to be there for the entire week, which is about 40 people, 50 people. And all of these people, first couple of days, they make all these ceremonies to pray to God so that everything goes fine. And then probably the third day would be the actual wedding, which starts around 6 a.m. where you have people sitting in front of uh, the holy fire for the entire day. And around lunchtime is when the marriage happens, when the necklace is uh, tied by the man to the woman. And then people go for lunch. Going for lunch is also a wonderful thing because it happens in iteration. We have too many people at the wedding. <laughs> you can't, everyone can't have lunch together. Oh. So they have to go in batches. So some people are in the waiting hall looking at the wedding while others go eat. Then these people, after eating, come back and sit in the waiting hall. These people, the rest of them go to eat. And while they're eating, the, pe the couple who got married will say, thank you for coming and, you know, hope you're having a nice meal. And after everyone is done eating, then the closest relatives and the couple sit, it should be like the fourth or fifth iteration of food and they eat lunch. And then typically in the dinner, you have a reception where wow. about a thousand people in a middle class wedding, a thousand people would attend. And this is like a buffet. So there is uh, the couple on stage and there would be like all sorts of singing programs and things happening and everyone comes and gives gifts. This is closer to the weddings, you know, in Christianity or Judaism. 
So this is borrowed from there. Mm-hmm. Like if you go 50 years before, you didn't have this reception in the night. All the wedding things will be in the day uh, and it would go on for seven days. So after the marriage, the day after the marriage, there would be uh, ceremonies to sort of thank each other and hope that the wedding, like the couple live l- happily. So asking God so everything goes fine and things like that. So people, you, you attend the wedding for one day, then you go home, you sleep, you come back the next day, it's still a wedding or you stay there. So the, the, the closest people, they have accommodation on campus. Ah, wow. So where wow. the wedding is happening, you also have rooms to stay in and things like that. And at what point in those five days, what is the, where is the cutoff point where you say, okay, from now on, this is a married couple? Uh, it would be the third day where the necklace, so the necklace, sti- I mean, symbolizes that they are now married. Mm-hmm. Okay, so right. the exchange of the necklace, that is the cutoff It's not point. an exchange. Oh, just a just <laughs> woman. Yes, okay, patriarchy, okay. thank you. Okay, <laughs> all right. Shasha. <coughs> well, um, I have to say, like, the Indian one is too crazy. <laughs> well, uh, compared to Indian ones, I think the Chinese was much simple. Okay. Although it's not that simple because uh, as India, like China, it's a huge country. Of course. So we have, like, a very different traditions in, uh, let's say, north and south. So most of the times the wedding happens during the daytime. But uh, they... Bride usually need to g- uh, get up very early and to do the makeup, this and thing. But and at that time, there's a ceremony, like the bride and the groom. They cannot see each other, and the bride will be led by the brother or some uncle, something like that, and uh, send her to another place. And during this part, the groom, uh, the bride must cry, to show okay. like she's not. Uh, want to leave the home, don't want to leave the parents, don't want to go to other people's home. So she must cry. Oh. And when the guy, the bride, uh, groom meet the bride, he, there are many challenges for him. Let's say, for example, we are in a room with the bride and the groom need to answer a lot of questions and uh, finish a lot of tasks. Then she, he can get the chance to meet the bride. Like what task? Uh, let's say, for example, they will ask you to there are some crazy stuff. Okay. <laughs> L- who makes up these tasks? Are they are they the tradition? The okay. bridemaids. Oh, the bridemaids. Okay, yeah, okay. the bridemaids. They will basically lock the door and give the, him the task. Let's say, for example, he will ask him lame like three favorite things the bride uh-huh. uh, likes. That's a easy part, right? Yeah. But there are some crazy ones. Let's say, for example, maybe ask him to um, to put. Or like there's some steel there and uh, ask him to put the steel into some bowl, something. Anyway, it's very crazy stuff. Like I, my friends, they are more, let's say, modernized and less crazy. So we didn't (laughs) witness most of this. Sounds like an uh, escape room theme. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like part of a bachelor party. Exactly. I was going to say, it it really, it sounds like what we do as part of the bachelor party, Uh we we have these crazy games. Not crazy, but kind of like these games where they ask. Well, sometimes you know they ask, "Well, what's your favorite color?" Do you have the same answer? And then like, maybe play a drinking yeah. game, maybe something yeah, like right. that. So, so in China, that's part of mm-hmm. the actual. Mm-hmm. The, that's part of the wedding. Right. You right. do all these things in exactly. your in your uh, wedding dress or your wedding uh, tuxedo. No, be- before they um, groom meet the bride. Oh, okay. So okay. then can go together to the wedding place to have the ceremony. I see. But meanwhile, there's another thing. I think maybe if. Any of you have been to China or heard about China before, you know, like we have this red envelope. Do you have any idea? No. So basically it's an envelope and it's red, which means red in China means happiness or joyness. So you need to put money in it. And uh, most of the time the groom, he will prepare like 20 these red envelopes. Then he will give to the 
bridesmaids to bribe them to open the door. Uh, <laughs> and how much? How much is like a common sum of money? Well, it depends. Maybe like twenty shekel or fifty shekel. Okay, symbolic. Like, uh, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's Five, a, ten bucks. Yeah. Well, that, this is a good transition to the next question, which is, who pays for a wedding? <laughs> you guys, who hasn't been to an Israeli wedding yet? You haven't been. Okay, so in Israel, uh, the guests are expected to pay for the <laughs> wedding, which I, 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 I don't know if it happens anywhere else, but in Israel, if you're invited to a wedding, you're supposed to bring money. And some, some weddings, again, depending on uh, how the, the background of the couple, but the, they, can, they cost usually between 50 and 100,000 shekel. Sometimes that's a, like a, an average wedding and many times a lot more. So each guest, according to the kinship, how close you are, you're expected to bring um, between, let's say, 300 shekel per person. That's like the lower end to if you're really close, maybe a thousand, two thousand, if you're very, very uh, close to the couple. But it's the same in Austria, I have the feeling. I mean, I always give money as well. So they, you can choose if you bring some presents from their list, but mm-hmm. mostly we don't do that. So we give money as well. So actually, yes, you're paying for their wedding. Yeah, people who bring yeah. wedi- uh, gifts to, to weddings in Israel are people who, this basically, it's a statement that I'm, I'm not supporting this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. It's being cheap if you bring you bring so- something actually you're really? cheap yes interesting. <laughs> uh, and in the u.s you register for gifts right yeah actually in the in the u.s first of all so in the u.s i'm pretty sure the bride's family pays for everything that's what i heard because my father was like why don't i have to have only daughters <laughs> my mom was like this is so fun and meanwhile neither one of us is married so <laughs> interesting but i've heard that the bride's family pays for everything and then people just you put things on a registry and people give you gifts and then I guess the way the registry works is that you specifically register for things that you know you can return and then get other mm. things if you don't like what you got mm. um, I kind of like that idea because I like that you can that everything has a sentimental aspect to it so like I know that if I'm using a pot and I know who bought it for me at my wedding so it it can like bring up thoughts of that person I think it's, I just think it's nice and sentimental but I'm cheesy like that. I mean, I know that when my parents got married in their generation, it was usually, or at least not my parents, but like my grandparents, their generation, you only moved in together when you're married. So you move into a new house and you need people to get you just the basic home appliances. You need a toaster, you need a a cooking pot, you need utensils, you need, I don't know, tablecloth, you need bed sheets. So it was very common to help the young couples start their new lives. Mm -hmm by giving them, uh, you know, the, just the basic needs. And, and people got married, I don't know, in somebody's backyard, you know, and they had like a, just a little cake and oh. got married. Now they have enough money t- or enough, you know, things to start their lives. And today it's, it's, a, it's an industry. So people, they, they take out a mortgage so they can pay for the wedding and they, they hope that the guests that they invite will cover the cost and sometimes you know that if you don't bring in like 400, 500 guests, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get the money back for, for everything you spend on a wedding. That's, uh, and it's very controversial. Like now it's becoming very controversial because some people are, you know, they, they finished, they're very young, they just got married and now they're 20,000 20, shekel in debt just because they wanted to get <laughs> the best DJ or the best, I don't know. Yeah. In Hungary, this uh, collecting things like pots and bed sheets. Now, just you mentioned, I remember that my grandmother used to use this word, stafferung, 
that is, I don't know, it's not a Hungarian word, I don't know where is it from coming, but it's, if you have a daughter from her childhood, basically you start collecting things. Every year you buy a set of pots or sheets or towels or anything that she will need when she gets married. So when you get married, you have 20-year-old uh, glasses and uh, it's really awful. I'm so glad that it's not happening anymore. Yeah. In India, we have it, but for jewelry only. Oh, the cool. mother collects jewelry for their daughter. And is there any gift giving in an Indian wedding? Do you, like, do the guests give? Uh, you'll gifts? be, uh, I mean, there is no words I can use to, you know, sort of undersell this thing. We have a lot of gifts. A lot and lot. Every person who attends the wedding gets a gift and it's mostly personalized. Gets a gift? Yeah. They bring a gift. They, bring. they also get a gift when ah. they go back. Like, for instance, many of the weddings I went to, uh, I would get a, a T-shirt or a shirt, a proper shirt, a good shirt or like, you know, stitching for my trousers or something like that. Wow. Something which is not, you know, it's not cheap. So I would get, I would bring something, but I would get something back. In, so weddings are almost like, you know, you pay nothing as a guest to go to a wedding. So the, all the cost is sort of borne by the people getting married or the parents of the people getting married. Interesting. Wow. Uh, we also give money in China when we go to a wedding, but we don't have this concept like we pay for the wedding, you know, we never thought in that kind of way. So how much is like a typical gift that you would bring? Um, actually, a seminar to Israel. And, yeah. and okay, but, but how much, uh, like, grosso modo, how much does a typical Chinese wedding cost? I think most of the time, like, the uh, money they collect from the wedding can cover that one. Even mm. they can get more than that. Okay. It really depends on, like, how many friends like, you have or how many relatives. <laughs> so really so uh, I'll ask, what is the level of familiarity of people that you invite to your wedding? Because in Israel, because you want to cover the cost, you mm. invite... I don't know your dad's working colleagues, and it's very, it's very, very common. You know, you 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 go to a wedding, then you see there's some table of just old women who work with the groom's mom, and they're not into the party. And then there's the friends of the groom and bride, and there's all these like tables of people who they've been seated together, but they have nothing to do with other tables. It's very the level of familiarity of people that you bring is very diverse. I think in China it's quite different. Like the people you invite, it really. It's about, let's say, for example, if I get married, I will think about, okay, if I don't invite him, will he be mad? Will he feel like he was ignored? So mm. that's the um, concept of thoughts behind this. It's not about, oh, I need to invite 10 more person to cover this wedding. No. It's not like that. It's more about like, okay, I need to make sure everyone's comfortable mm -hmm. and uh, happy and I didn't like miss anyone. Yeah, it's quite different. And uh, so weddings <laughs> are very inexpensive for a guest. For the from, guest. from the guest point of view, right? So the, they would want to come to a wedding because the food is good. Okay. <laughs> so you have typically like thousand for the reception, thousand people, uh -huh. which is like you know four layers of knowing someone. Wow. Wow. In wow. Austria, we have like 60, 70 guests, and they're really handpicked, and you try as the lo as lowest number possible and just you to get keep costs down because actually all the food is like you know more expensive, and you need bigger venues and. And do you, do you get offended if you're not invited to, let's say, a, a friend from work's wedding? Yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, I'm not because I'm really not into weddings. <laughs> but, and I'm happy if I don't need to go, but it's still weird because it means, hey, I'm not as close as I thought. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, mul on multiple occasions, I started a new, a new job and like within a week or two of, of getting into the office, somebody got married and I had to go. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
I, I would have rather not been invited to that wedding because now I have to pay and I have to go and it's uncomfortable and I don't know anyone and I'll be seated with my boss. So... <laughs> All of the reasons why not to go. Yeah, but there's like, a, you know, it's there's an obligation that if you don't go, then the next day everybody is going to frown and why didn't you go? You didn't help her pay for her wedding. Oh. You know? All right, let's talk about... Um, Let's talk about food, all right? Is there any specific food that you would only eat at a wedding? I don't think in Israel we have anything like that. That you only eat at a wedding? Maybe a wedding, like maybe in the U.S. you'd have a wedding cake. Like a I don't even remember the last time I tried wedding cake at a wedding at all. But there's one thing that I do love about weddings, which is when they have, like I love, when, I love just that they have so many different rounds of food that come up. Like, you get there, and there's hors d'oeuvres, and there's people walking around feeding you. And then you have the bar, and then after the ceremony, there's, like, more food flying around. And then eventually you make it to your table for the meal, where three or four more levels or layers of, 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 of food come out, courses, if you will. And then after that, they've got dessert, which sometimes you have to get up for. Sometimes they bring it to you on the dance floor. Sometimes they bring it to you at your table. Sometimes they have it everywhere. And then afterwards... When you've danced for another like hour and a half, there's another round of food. It's like nonstop. So I feel like at some point you just get to try all of the foods that exist. That's which is that's great. the same thing in Israel. Yeah, that's thing. here. Yeah, yeah. And in the U.S., yeah, I mean, in the, no, in the U.S. it's different. In the U.S., I feel like it. It's weird in the U.S. because that, what I just quoted was in Israel. Yeah. But in the U.S., what I feel like happens is that they don't really stick to one kind of food. They're like, okay, we want sushi, but we also want Mexican, but we also want hamburgers, and we also want steak. And we want to have chicken, but we need something vegetarian, and also we should get something vegan. And if we want dairy, we have to wait six hours if you're Jewish, or if not, then... So at some point, they just have everything just in different places. So you'll have, like, the hors d'oeuvres are sushi, and then the appetizers are, are Mexican, and then the main course, you can have, like, an option, or all three. And then, like, it's, and but there's always people walking around with food on trays. Even when you're sitting down and somebody served you your meal, there's also somebody walking around just like handing you a different food on a, on a tray. I just feel like that's that's in general in America. They don't pick one kind. They just go with all of the foods. I love that. No, well, makes sense. <laughs> what about destination weddings? Do you have that? I mean, I think in the U.S. it's, it's kind of popular that everybody goes to, I don't know, Niagara Falls or... That's at least the way it's depicted in the movies. I don't I've know how popular it really is. I've been to three destination weddings, and none of them were in a fancy romantic place. One was in Chicago. <laughs> one, one was in Los Angeles. <laughs> and I don't remember where the third one was. But none of them were like in a really cool place like Mexico, where you could like live in an Olsen movie, Olsen twins movie, you know, where they all go on vacation and find the man of their dreams. None of that happened. We all went to like the middle of nowhere and to to watch the people get married and the weather sucked and like <laughs> nothing but actually i wanted to ask you did you marry an israeli yeah so did you get married in israel also so for you is that considered a destination wedding uh, no because we live here but did your family come in from um uh, no so the thing is that we married the we did a civil wedding mm -hmm. in my parents garden so they have a big house with a big garden. There was a civilian, and then we went to the synagogue to to Budapest to the other city, and some people came to both of them. It's within the country, and the uh, the third one was a party. Basically, it was a kind of a wedding. It wasn't official, 
we had the contract and we had the master of ceremony, not the, not the proper rabbi, but the master of ceremony in Israel. in Israel. And 10 people came also here. So there was not so many people who came all the three weddings. But it was kind of a destination wedding for those 10 people. <laughs> I have a dream that I want to get married, if I ever get married, which I hope I do. I want to get married on the airplane. Because you already have the aisle. It's like built in. <laughs> and then I wanted to, then I also know who's coming to this wedding. And I figure if I can get it to like a cheap enough destination, like if I'm flying from Israel to Cyprus, then I can just get married on the plane. And then boom, we land in Cyprus and it's a giant party on the beach, destination wedding, and nobody hates me. You'll have to time it so that you get married exactly right before everybody has to sit down. And then you have like 15 minutes of awkward waiting <laughs> for. And then you have to wait through customs. <laughs> yeah. And then in customs, we do the bachelor and bachelorette party. Yeah. Well, you know, in Israel, there's like, in Jewish weddings, there's a very distinct moment where when the couple gets married, they, they, are, they are pronounced husband and wife, and then the husband breaks the, the glass, and immediately everybody swarms into the, to, 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 be, to get the <laughs> blessing, to get the bride's blessing, because it's considered like now the bride has these superpowers where she can bless anyone and... And that if you drink from her wine, it's like a, it's, it's good luck. I'm I'm asking if if there's what is the distinct kind of um, specific ceremony like within the ceremony, a tradition that everybody's waiting for. The ring exchange. The ring exchange, yeah. and then everybody. Not really waiting for, but I think that's the highlight. All right. Oh, that's like in America when the bride turns around and throws the bouquet, and then everyone <laughs> tries to catch <laughs> the flower. Exactly. So, okay. so uh, tell us about that. So I, it's just supposed to be like, it's like the you're next kind of thing. It's the bride after the ceremony. She turns around so she can't see any of the, um, any, any of the, the, her friends. And then she throws the bouquet of flowers that she held down the aisle over her shoulder at them. And then one person has to catch it. And then whoever catches it is supposed to be the person that's getting married next. And it's supposed to be a good thing, but it ends up sometimes turning into like a huge fight. People are like grabbing it from each other and pulling each other's hair. At least it happened in Clueless, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On our wedding, it worked. We did it also. Really? Yeah. Basically, you have two bouquets. One is that you keep and one is the throwing bouquet that you make, especially oh. for this. So you make like, two identical bouquets because you want to keep yours. I would have so much fun with that. So I was throwing it, and it was it was in my parents' garden, and uh, there was uh, from the Jewish community a woman here, fifty plus, n no boyfriend, nothing, and he was catching the bouquet, and a year within a year she was married. Wow, <laughs> okay, it works. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard there's a tradition in Hungary where the men drink alcohol in the wedding; they drink alcohol. Yeah, you champagne or palinka, these uh, spirits from the shoe of the bride. That's so cool. <laughs> shoe. So it, does she take off her shoe there. and then yes. pour in some champagne and every and pass it around or is no, it? No, no, he is drinking from it. Only the oh, only the, the bride the takes down the shoe and you pour champagne and you drink from okay. it. Okay, that's like a that's like a symbol of a strong woman. Yeah, yes. yeah. she's like drink my shoe juice. <laughs> Maybe that's why Cinderella had a glass slipper. <laughs> All right. Um, what about wedding pictures, wedding albums? You know, in Israel, the big thing is to have a wedding, to have a, a magnet, to have a picture <laughs> from the wedding printed on a magnet. And in every house you enter, every Israeli house you walk into, the fridge is just loaded like a mosaic with of magnets, with pictures of wh whoever lives in that house, <laughs> the weddings that they've attended. 
And usually at weddings, they, they have more than one photographer, but only one is the guy who makes the magnets. And when people figure out which one of the <laughs> photographers, you know that one, right? When people figure out which one of the photographers is the one that produces the magnets, they just ru everybody's after him trying to get a picture. And I, I, I mean, I don't know, but then it just it decorates a fridge until you move and then you probably throw it away. Or I don't know what. Actually, I noticed that when I came here the first time also, when I said, uh, stayed at Airbnb places, right? All those magnets. Funny thing, I dated one guy here who was actually on my fridge where I lived. And he found himself <laughs> and he's like, wait a second. Oh, that was the, for the, the wedding of my friend. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so this is the thing here. And we have like actually the same thing, uh, a company who's doing that in, uh, in Austria. So there's uh, two Israeli guys that brought the magnets to Austria and then trying to conquer the market there. But need to say for Austria, it's not there yet. So we don't see the... Do you take any <laughs> memorabilia from the wedding? Is it common to get like, to take something back home? Is uh, yeah, chocolate or something personalized as well. So mm -hmm. we have like, small things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we do have, of course, have, like professional photographers for after, but like these are the real pictures then. Um, no magnetic things. So uh, as she's saying about photographers and connecting to the story of uh, who will get married next, mm -hmm. <laughs> photographers play a very important role in Indian weddings. Almost uh, every Indian wedding is completely recorded, like by a video photographer. Seven day long yeah, wedding? On no, the on, on at least the couple of main important days, it's recorded mm. for sure. Mm. And the job of you, you want, how much longer can you focus on just the couple, right? Like it's going to get boring. So what the job of the video photographer is to identify who is the next in line. <laughs> and he sort of tries to capture them, follows them around and things like that and plays around. And these people are shy because, you know, they're not camera friend. Not everyone is comfortable being on camera. So they're very shy and they blush and everything. And so these form what are known as the cute moments uh, during the wedding because his job is to sort of go at all the single people and tell them you're next or sort of interview <laughs> them and things like that. That is, uh, that is really cute. W what is more common, a, uh, a DJ or like a live band? We don't have both. None. Really? No. Yeah. Oh, and but do you have any any kind of music or is it? Yeah, we play some music, but no live music. No live music. Yeah. We have uh, live music, so there are sometimes you invite professionals, and there's also thing in which uh, the family members themselves perform. Mm. So they it's this it's a huge thing, particularly for the younger people in the family, to sort of prepare their own dance moves, prepare their own choreography and singing and. So they put in a lot of effort for this thing and during the reception, which is after the m night of the wedding, they have a, uh, like a couple of hours where they have a stage and these people perform it for the couple. And is it traditional music or any kind of music? Usually it was traditional like 20 years ago, 30 mm. years ago. Now it's more modern. Yeah. That is so cool. I have to go to an Indian wedding. Yeah. <laughs> for a whole week. The Balinese one had like belly dancers and fire shows and stuff. That was fancy. Like wow. a meal five. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. Thanks, All right, um, we're gonna go into another. I mean, we could talk about this for hours, I guess. But <laughs> well, seven days. Seven <laughs> days. I'm sure. We're gonna move on to our rapid fire question. I'm gonna ask everyone a question, the same question. I want you to just answer off the top of your head. Jesse, we'll start yeah. with you. Weirdest thing you've seen on a sandwich where you're from? Oh my God, mango. Mango, Anna. Sandwich. Yeah, weirdest thing you've seen on a sandwich in Budapest. It might not be weird in Budapest, but like everywhere else, it, it, it might seem weird. English sandwiches are so strange. English know. sandwich? Yes. All kind of combinations. I don't know what that is. Strange. In London. All right. Tanya? 
I don't know, but the last one I had was Nutella and avocado, which is really weird. <laughs> oh, that's so weird. <laughs> yeah, that is gross. Uh, cucumber and cheese, maybe, together? Why? Why? That sounds good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Shasha? Yeah. We don't eat sandwich in China. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jesse, favorite national holiday? Wh um, which one? Israeli or American? American. Fourth uh, of July. All right. Anna? Hungarian. New Year. New Year. Yeah, same. New Year? Oh. Yeah, holiday is holiday, man. Any holiday? <laughs> Any holiday is good. Uh, which one is your favorite? Independence Day. Independence Day. Yeah. Which is when in India? 15th August. 15th August. Ours is in 20th August. Shasha? So for me, it's as long as it's a day off, all good. <laughs> I want to talk to you guys. If you have anything you want to say, tell us about how weddings are, where you're from. Please join the conversation, comment, and let us know how, what kind of wedding uh, oddities exist where you're from. And also feel free to like, subscribe, share, propose. whatever, propose, <laughs> whatever happens on social media. We'll, we really appreciate that. And so we'll see you on the next episode.